Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Pinkin Channels. Uh, we're here to bring you the news that probably felt somewhat inevitable after last night. Dean Smith has been sacked as head coach of Norwich City Football Club. Craig Shakespeare, his assistant, and first team coach Liam Bramley have also departed the club. This comes, obviously, after a wretched run of form. Three wins in 13, one win uh, in seven at Carrow Road, and it's left Norwich City's promotion uh, bid looking somewhat precarious. And uh, Stuart Webber and the Norwich City board have elected to act. Uh, I'm Connor Southall, joined by Adam Harvey and Samuel Seaman. We're live across all of our channels, so we want to hear your reaction. We want to hear uh, your thoughts on this decision as well. And of course, naturally, towards the end of this broadcast, we will shift the conversation to what and uh, and probably more so who comes. Next, I'm going to start by reading the statement that Norwich City published about 20 minutes ago. Uh, we, we, we've had the story on our, uh, on our website for, for the majority of the afternoon. Um, it, it reads as follows. Uh, Norwich City have today parted company with head coach Dean Smith as the club continues to work towards its on-field objectives this season. The board believe that it is the right time to make this transition. Assistant head coach Craig Shakespeare and first team coach Liam Bramley have also left the club. The club's remaining coaching staff, led by Steve Weaver and Alan Russell, will take charge of first team training and our upcoming fixtures on an interim basis. The club will now work to identify and appoint a new head coach that is able to deliver both the level of performances required to challenge at the top end of the league whilst implementing a consistent style of play. Uh, Sporting director Stuart Webber said uh, this uh, this was a tough decision, but one that we felt was necessary to give ourselves the best possible chance of achieving our objective of promotion to the Premier League this season. We'd like to place on record our thanks to Dean Craig and Liam, who have always put the best interests of the football club first. We've... Uh, just under half of the season remaining and three consecutive home games on the horizon. We feel we have a real opportunity to build some forward and positive momentum both on and off the pitch. Um, Adam, let's let's come to you first. I mean, we were we were sat in a car coming back from from Luton last night. It was a, a really dismal night. It felt like the end. Uh, and I think we, we all probably felt that. And as did uh, a lot of the Norwich City fan base, a lot of whom made their feelings clear. It now has been made. What are your what's your sort of immediate snap reaction to to this news that Dean Smith is no longer Norwich City's head coach? Yeah, I think it was inevitable. It was one of them got home about it was about half two this morning. I think I walked through the door and I set an early alarm, kind of expecting the news because I don't know, his post-match press conference yesterday after the game felt very, very different in terms of the mood and, and the emotion in him compared to the week before against Blackburn. He came out very bullish and kind of batted back questions where last night he just looked like a, a man that was very defeated. And and I think all those kind of chants and he then brought in the family element as well. And it just felt like he's sort of a man that's broken. And and this was, a you know, in terms of Norwich City as well, his, his time here was broken and it just needed to end. And yeah, I think inevitably you have to look at his record as well. I mean, 51 games, only only 14 wins in that time, albeit, you know, there's a proportion of that in the Premier League. But definitely in terms of championship level as well, you know, they came out, the objective at the start of the season was definitely to be competing amongst the top two and, and they're, what, 12 points off it at the moment. So they almost look like a side as well that's going to drop out of the playoffs. So um, they look far, far off it. And, you know, he's obviously the man that's taking the, this squad. You know, he's coaching them on the, the training pitch. So he's going to take the, the brunt of the criticism. And, yeah, it felt like this was uh, inevitably going to happen. Happen and obviously it has now, so yeah, that kind of could be put to bed. Yeah, and it, it, it's become very difficult over the last couple of games. Blackburn was was obviously a, a really 
a horrible day for him on a on a personal basis because of the level of criticism that he got from from the uh, terraces in terms of calling for his removal as as head coach. Also, some criticisms of his style of play, which obviously we can't repeat on our broadcasts. But uh, comments along the lines of his style of play not being particularly great. You mentioned that record there, Adam. Thirteen months in charge. Obviously, the first half of that um, was in the Premier League. A lot of people maybe took that in the context that that, that it needed to be taken in. Sam, I'm just just, and I've just read that statement in full that Norwich City have released. The um, the key paragraph for me is this one. It says the club will now work to identify and appoint a new head coach that is able to deliver both the level of performances required to challenge at the top end of the league, and maybe more importantly, whilst implementing a consistent style of play. Um, that's something that Dean Smith really struggled with, isn't it, over his time as Norwich City head coach, both to produce a consistent level of performance, but also to implement a style of play. There was a, a really fractious relationship with supporters by the end of it. it. It did feel like the time was was up for Dean Smith after the last couple of weeks, if not sooner. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point, actually, that they've um, included the sort of requirement for a better style of play in their next head coach in that statement, um, I tweeted it a few minutes ago that I'm not sure I quite realised the extent to which style of play and identity was important to these fans until Dean Smith turned up and didn't really have much of one. I think coming off the back of Daniel Farker as well, and uh, I'm sure if Dean's watching, which I'm not quite sure he is, um, but if he is, he'll be disappointed at how early Farker's name has been brought up because I think he was always wary of comparisons with a manager or a head coach who's pretty much already become a legend um, at Norwich City Football Club. But I think coming off the back of him um, and coming in and trying to play a style of football that was maybe less defined and a little bit more of a collage of some some more mismatched styles, um, was he was always going to find it difficult. But as you say, I think it's something we've known is going to happen for a, a number of weeks, really. I'm not sure after every game we were saying this is going to be the one he's he's sacked after um, because we know how much of a big fan Stuart Webber is of Dean Smith and we know how patient um, sort of those above Webber, Delia Smith and Michael Wynne-Jones like to be. Um, but that that probably the, from the Blackburn game, we started to think there might be some impending news. And then when they go and lose to 10-man Luton, um, there was only one conclusion. Norwich City fans were, were drawing really and that, that was that was the getting rid of Dean Smith was the correct decision and that it was probably one they should um, prepare for. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us are surprised at all. Um, I, I was expecting him to be given some amount of time after the World Cup break uh, and to see him get three games wasn't a surprise for me. But once once that, that goal goes in, in the 90th minute, it feels like it's one of those nights and we all know there's a difference between seeing a head coach who you know is in trouble and then that that one moment, I think there's a moment football fans are used to it after a few sackings where they go, OK, that's it. And I think when the full-time whistle went, or maybe more more so when Corley Woodrow's um, effort went into the top corner, I think we all we all felt that moment. And unfortunately for Dean Smith, there was um, no way back. But yeah, as you, you referenced there, I found it very, very interesting. The fact that they included a paragraph about the requirement to, to have a head coach who was more about style of play and had a more defined identity um, because that to me feels like an admission that they got things wrong and uh, we haven't seen too many of those uh, very recently. No and, and and what you said there is is correct because Adam we, we've seen it in the last couple of weeks 
fans have been very vocal about what they've wanted. They they haven't wanted Dean Smith to be Norwich City's head coach for for any longer, really. Um, once that happens, it feels fairly inevitable. It felt like a matter of time after that that Blackburn game. I think we've we've probably been speaking in those terms really over the last seven days. He had eight days between that Blackburn game and uh, and what we saw at Luton last night. And I guess this is a theme of his tenure, isn't it? There have been various points where it's felt like it's needed to come together or it's felt like there was a window for improvement. It's never really arrived. As, as Sam referenced, that failure to really embed a, a, a real, clear, consistent style of play that, that fans could relate with, understand and get behind hasn't been there. Um, an ability to, to to get the best out of those players as well. A group of players who, have, of course, uh, some of them won this league twice before uh, in a different 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 time is there any part of you that that feels a degree of sympathy for him it was always going to be very difficult after Daniel Farker I think whoever walked in after Daniel Farker that was going to be a very difficult role for everybody for for anyone sorry because of the the relationship not only that he had with the supporters but also what his teams looked like and any kind of departure from that was going to be difficult you referenced his uh, record earlier on how how do you think? Well, two questions really. How do you think he will be reflecting on his on his time at Norwich City? And and I guess there's the the element that I asked you before about sympathy. Do you, do you have any for him, particularly given what he's had to endure in the last fortnight or so? Yeah, obviously he had a, a very tough act to follow in in the form of Daniel Farke. You know, everyone got used to the progressive, free flowing football. It was exciting. You know, fans got behind it and. You know, obviously the love and emotional attachment that he had to the football club was there. Dean Smith's never really had that attachment, I don't think, from minute one. Obviously, it's a very difficult kind of environment to come into in the Premier League. That squad was never good enough to compete in the top flight. But this season, it felt like the Championship, that squad is more than capable of being in, in amongst that top two, three. And, and they look really far off that at the moment in terms of the pace. So... I feel a little bit for him in, in the sense of uh, from the human level. Obviously, he's had to endure a lot of um, stick and, and criticism in recent games, which is tough for anyone. We've never been in a football managerial position, but that's a position that he put himself in in terms of, you know, obviously a career choice in terms of football and, and management. So it just comes part and parcel with the job. But yeah, I think it, it's difficult for him. I mean, he'll probably reflect on it in a, in a way that maybe he'll feel a little bit hard done by. I think, you know, we kind of spoke about it on the way down yesterday. You know, he'll... He'll maybe feel that, I think, in terms of the transfer window, Norwich didn't really bring much in in terms of the summer, um, just the four signings of which they've obviously been sort of littered with injuries and a lot of them have had time to try and adapt to the to the squad. But he's also inherited a, a squad from Daniel Farker that you know wasn't good enough for the Premier League. A lot of those players have dropped down to the Championship and they look, you know, like they're a few years older as well. have been, been obviously not at Emi Buendia as well and what Daniel Farker had. So there's obviously, you know, mitigating factors to it. But fundamentally, when you break it down, I think, you know, this couldn't go on any longer. You know, Dean Smith looked like a man who couldn't take any more. And if they'd have rocked up to Carrow Road on Friday night, even if they'd have won that game yesterday, then go to Carrow Road, lose against Reading. And it felt like that place was going to, you know, implode. I think, you know, Smith spoke about playing away from home. Almost the pressure was maybe being off him a little bit. Only a 1,000 Norwich supporters rather than maybe 27,000 at Carrow Road. But the fact he got the same reaction yesterday off that 1,000 supporters, for me, once you lose the away fans as well, that's really, really hard for any manager to, you know, to come back from that. So it felt like it was inevitable. And for Dean as well, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll feel a little bit hard done by. I think he probably felt that maybe he could have kicked them on for the playoffs. But I think, you know, anyone watching Norwich every week, like we do, can, can see that was probably not going to be the case. Yeah, and it, and as we get as we said, Sam, to extend that point on on a human level, it's been very difficult to watch because we we've dealt with Dean Smith in close quarters over the last 
13 months. And I think you, you speak to anyone who's dealt with him in, in that sense and in that setting, they would talk to you about how pleasant, how nice, how kind an individual is, how, how well-rounded he is as an individual as well. He's relatively consistent in mood as well and um, not not necessarily a head coach that would kind of take you to task over, over certain things. He would answer questions to the best of his ability. He maybe would, would uh, conceal team news a little bit more than we would like, but uh, I, I can understand that. But it, it was always going to be a tough, tough for him, wasn't it? And I guess that's going to be the context that a lot of people and, and perhaps he will be reflecting on tonight, the context that he inherited this Norwich City job, a, t- a team that had won one game after ele- in, in 11 in, in the Premier League. It felt to many like a really impossible job. He came in, he, he said, whether this was kind of um, paying lip service to the players and trying to increase confidence. But he said at the time on, on public record, and, and we have to take that, that he felt that squad was good enough to stay in the Premier League. They didn't um, quite quite dramatically uh, and and got relegated in a in a pretty humiliating fashion in the end but that that reset then because it didn't feel like many people had judged him in that period the judgment was always going to come in this in this season after 20 what was it 24 games now Norris sit fifth in the table but it's the trends isn't it a lot of people externally will be looking at it and feel that maybe he's done enough or, or maybe that Norwich are in a relatively healthy position but those runs in form Three wins in 13, one win in seven at home. I think they're third in the form table at this, uh, third from bottom, sorry, in the form table at this moment in time. Those trends are, are pretty alarming and it, it becomes very difficult then, irrespective of context and irrespective of, of maybe the job that he's inherited. And we spoke about the context of his, of his predecessor as well to kind of keep going on the same track, isn't it? When things are that alarming and when things are, uh, seem to be going off the rails to such an extent. Yeah, definitely. And I've seen a few um, opposition fans sort of across social media suggesting that Norwich fans maybe have higher expectations than are realistic, given they're currently fifth in the championship table and um, they were calling quite vociferously for Dean Smith's head. But you look at the championship table at the moment, it's sort of a typical championship situation where Norwich previously had quite a significant buffer um, to the rest of the table and they were even competing to get into those top two promotion places that they obviously crave. They now are in a situation where I think Birmingham, who are 14th, they're certainly in the the lower stages of mid-table, can leapfrog them tonight if they win at, at Burnley. So, you know, as much as that league position might be quite deceiving and, and might suggest that Norwich are in a position that isn't too bad, you felt that the way that the momentum was going, they were always one game away from slipping down to, you know, mid-table and, and not even particularly close to the the playoff places. So with that context, you're right. There's no way you could really see him staying in post. The momentum was certainly going in a very negative direction. And we've seen the power that the momentum has in the championship in a positive way with the likes of um, Alex Neal, I think especially had it on his side, but also even the Daniel Farker teams who were coached very well and played fantastic, um, a fantastic style of play were also aided quite significantly by momentum at times. Um, and Dean Smith's side didn't have any of that. The way that the championship works, there will be teams that are lower down, probably that we're not even really thinking about that will string together two, three wins and that will put them in the, put them in a, a far greater position than Norwich are currently. But it certainly felt like if Norwich were going to compete for the top two promotion places, and I think it would be difficult, but I think it's possible, the time to act was now, maybe even even two games ago. But I think Norwich, um, with their history of 
giving managers time and giving head coaches time, which is a good thing, by the way, in the the current climate of you know very um, short spells in charge of clubs. I think to give the the manager that confidence and that ability to try things and not worry too much all the time about the next result and how to how to pacify their sort of chairman and, and sporting directors and owners in the short term. I think giving um, coaches that time is a good thing, but um, at times it feels like maybe a little bit like indecision and you could understand why that was what Norwich fans were, were pointing out the likes of Stuart Webber at one stage. But I think they have done it, even if they didn't do it as early as they could have done, they have done it early enough to change things around. And, you know, the 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 sort of new manager bounce is, is often forecast as a myth. In my opinion, it is a very real thing. I think it's totally understandable that a new boss comes in and his employees, you know, um, his or her employees pep up a little bit and, and feel more um, like they can, like they should probably be motivated to impress that person. Um, so I think it probably does give an opportunity to turn that momentum around. And even if the next head coach isn't a particularly good one, if they can do that with the players they've got, they certainly are in a, a decent enough position to go and achieve that promotion goal, whether that's by the playoffs or automatically. But um, as you say, once things have got to a certain point with a coach, you certainly don't see that turning around. And um, that's what I'd say about Dean Smith. It didn't feel like things were rescuable. You know, there there have been situations at Norwich City before where um, managers and coaches have been in poor positions that they've managed to turn around but um the way that Carrow Road was the way that Kenilworth Road was yesterday and the way that the team were performing um it certainly felt too late for that to happen yeah agreed how um how difficult did it make it Adam for him personally some some of the messaging rightly or wrongly and with or without context however you want to look at it that he delivered in in the last few weeks I mean I can pick out a few quotes the first one maybe being a, a reference to a different animal prior to the World Cup break I think even before that he set himself a points target didn't he in two games that he failed to meet then it was the talk of the different animal if you want to do it chronologically that obviously hasn't arrived post uh, post international World Cup break uh, he's then obviously had a had a jibe at the fans after Blackburn spoke about being glad that that the next game was away and then the, the next game did arrive away from home uh, and and he obviously lost that as well and and even his comments last night surrounding perhaps some of his family members and uh, and whatnot were also picked up on and, and not particularly well received and and maybe that encapsulates maybe one of the fundamental shortcomings we can talk about issues on the pitch but there are also issues off the pitch with Dean Smith you, you kind of speak to people and it's always been or certainly the answers I've always been given is just doesn't quite fit it's never really quite felt right and and that's that's an interesting thing to try and describe and and, and capture because it is a feeling and, and it is one that, that has kind of been shared by people I think but that inability to communicate his messaging both to supporters and, and I guess probably more widely to the team in terms of what they've looked like on the pitch at times that feels like it's been a major issue as well yeah, I sometimes sat in his press conferences and thought, mm, not sure I'd say that. You know, some some statements you just think maybe keep that to yourself. Sort of this reference to stats was a, a very, you know, reg- regular occurrence. Basically, every single time, you know, we'd hear possession or XG, and and I sort of sat there. What does he actually believe what he's saying? But as we spoke about on on the way down yesterday, I actually believe he, you know, believed that everything he said was was, was you know the true the truth, and, and he believed you know sort of sat there and actually believed it was true. So. Yeah, it, those kind of messages you probably keep to yourself and, and don't say externally, but I don't think he's been helped by the fact that 
those above him, the likes of a Stuart Weber or, or even those in even higher sort of positions in terms of, you know, the board level, haven't come out and spoke. He's been the man who's had to do all the speaking for everything that's happening around the football club, both on and off the pitch, which is, is not an easy position to be in. I think none of us have obviously ever had to endure that at all. And obviously he's only really, you know, He's only responsible for the for what the you know the team are producing on the pitch. He doesn't deal with the recruitment. He doesn't deal with elements of it. But he doesn't actually go out and physically you know get these players and sign the contracts. So I feel he's you know had a little bit of that in that element of it. He's been hard done by um, and he's had to endure that. And I think that's probably taken its toll on what he said in different points. So yeah, it's not easy for him. I think it's quite interesting that the last comment on um, he'll ever say as a Norwich City manager was. Uh, I'm the villain, which uh, that, you know, looking back on that now, that that feels like he's probably feeling quite hard done by. Um, and maybe he's had to take a lot of the, the brunt of the criticism where maybe others above him, who probably are certain villains in, in certain scenes in Norwich City, you know, at the moment, uh, are sort of keeping quiet and, and hush. But the likes of Stuart Webb is going to have to come out and speak now. You feel like if they're going to make an appointment, he's going to have to come out and, and take criticism. Um, he was the man who went out and, and got Dean Smith, who's very, you know, stern and said yeah i want dean smith when he obviously got sacked from villa they only had that short seven day period where he turned around from being sacked at villa to being appointed norwich city manager they went down a different route it's failed and you know Weber has owned up to the recruitment elements in previous seasons but he's never really owned up to, to management decisions and this time he's going to have to do that because dean smith just hasn't fitted norwich city football club you know some managers and some players just fit football clubs and then they go somewhere else and it just doesn't work and it felt like Dean Smith don't think he's a bad coach just think he isn't a Norwich City manager just like Chris Hewton wasn't the Norwich City manager other managers as well Dan in in the past in in the history as well just haven't fit the football club where someone like Daniel Farker that that bond he had with the, the fans and obviously it's, it's difficult to keep referencing him but that bond I think you know that's almost what bought him time in certain you know situations there's times as well where he probably said things and I thought hmm not sure I'd say that, but because of who he was and, and that emotional, you know, element he has, I think that probably got, um, you know, washed under or pushed under the carpet, and, and nobody really said anything more about it. But you know, because of Dean Smith and, and who he was, it it did feel like everything he said was probably hit with a lot more criticism than other managers. But um, yeah, that doesn't obviously, you know, affect the, the record, and, and that speaks for itself. And ultimately, Norwich City needs to go out and get the right manager now because they need someone in that mould of a, a Daniel Farker, an Alex Neal that can come in and revitalise the club and hopefully kick on and try and get them at least a playoff place for, for the end of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. Your, your point more widely about communication throughout Dean Smith's reign and, and, and his tenure, that's that's something that I wonder if that will be reflected upon in the, in the weeks ahead because it was a clear change of direction. It was an attempt to be more pragmatic, to Premier League-proof Norwich City. There was a view that Daniel Farker and, and his philosophy, his playing style was was a bit naive, a bit careless at the top flight. They were getting punished for that. The attempt to bring in Dean Smith, logically, theoretically, on paper, made made a lot of sense. Obviously, in, in practice, it's not transpired in that way. And probably when they've come down to the championship, and, and I don't think it's necessarily even with hindsight, you can say this, they probably did need... Uh, a clear style, a, an idea about how they were going to attack and how they were going to defend. Because often you find if coaches don't have a clear playing style, you're often so reliant on uh, individual quality. And that, that becomes very difficult over a consistent period of time, I think, to um, to to bring success. So that's that's an interesting point. But certainly in, in the last week, I know a lot of people have been asking for, for people to speak. I think that becomes a bit more difficult because either someone comes out and gives the dreaded vote of no confidence, which nobody wants, or uh, you know, everyone's just kind of waiting for for a for a decision to be made. So it, it, it is a tough situation that, that the club have found themselves in the last week. Obviously, 
now they have made that decision. Now perhaps some speaking will be done and will have to be done, as, as Adam has said. And hopefully that will help communicate the messaging a lot more because I think that's a common viewpoint that Norwich City fans have, that that communication hasn't hasn't been there. Uh, Sam, and I guess on that theme of, of kind of hindsight, and as I said, logically, I think there was a lot to like about the Dean Smith appointment on paper. There was also probably elements that were raised at the time, which maybe people did have concern over the fact that he'd just been sacked as Aston Villa coach. Uh, I mean, he, he, he joined as a villain and he left as a villain, didn't he? Quite literally. Um, but that, that time frame between him being sacked from that job, which emotionally meant so much to him, took so much out of him. He, he did achieve stuff and bouncing straight back into Norwich City with hindsight it does look like the wrong decision, doesn't it? Even if there was some logic that maybe made it make sense at the at the time in which that decision was taken back in November 2021. Yeah, and to be fair to Dean Smith, I'm not sure how many of us actually would have acted differently. And, you know, there's no doubt you lose your dream job. Um, you're going to be absolutely gutted. But then again, you get offered a job um, with the finances that no doubt were involved um, that Norwich offered and still a Premier League team and the ability to advance your career when he perhaps was thinking that he wasn't going to get a, a Premier League job. Um, you know, I'm sure as much as he would have studied the Norwich City group and had a watch, he, he wouldn't have known exactly the extent to which they perhaps had problems tactically and um, individually with that quality and with the confidence that they'd already lost by that point in the season. And he saw a job that I think most people in his position would take. But looking back, as you say, it's eight days since he's lost his dream job. He's certainly on that. Talking about momentum and the importance of it, he was he was going straight down in that department. Um, and what Norwich really needed was a lift. They needed an Alex Neal to come in and revitalise the group. And I don't think it's any surprise when you look at Neil, um, one of Norwich's probably more instant um, sort of impact managers that they've ever had. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that he was right on the way up with Hamilton, who he got promoted and then they were right up towards the top of the Scottish Premiership um, when they're actually quite a small club in that country. Um, so I'm not sure it was the correct appointment in that, you know, in that department. But Stuart Webber spoke at the time and, you know, it's remained a consideration of ours that, He's known about Dean Smith for a long time and really rates him highly as a coach. So all of those elements, when you put them together, make sense. Uh, and it's it's easy now to look back and add those caveats because all head coaches will have something that's that's wrong with them. You know, the fact is Pep Guardiola isn't going to come to Norwich City, especially when they're bottom of the Premier League table. And whatever head coach replaces Dean Smith, there will be issues with them. Um, but... I'm sure the hope is that we'll be looking back and saying, oh, that wasn't really a factor or, you know, it's easy to pick out negatives. Now we're looking back and, and sort of doing the opposite. And I don't want to totally excuse Stuart Webber. I've said constantly that, you know, whenever we get, it gets levelled at us as journalists, oh, you praised this at the time, um, you praised that. We're not paid um, the sums of money that Stuart Webber is paid to head up a football club and make those decisions. At the end of the day, Stuart Webber should know better than fans and journalists and pundits about who the best head coach is to appoint. And he didn't. He he thought that Dean Smith was the right appointment. And whether Norwich City fans thought that at the time or not, it turned out that he was incorrect. And uh, as much as that, the logic for that is is available to see, he's 
supposed to be an expert in this field and he's supposed to see those issues and be able to measure to what extent they will affect things. So, um, you know, I can understand why the appointment was made. And actually, you look back at those first few games, I remember a number of Norwich fans actually saying, oh, isn't it great to see this Norwich team having a bit more bite about them and having a bit more aggression and pressing higher? Um but those elements aren't really enough when you're not winning games. And especially when you're in the championship, you don't have any style of play and you're not entertaining the fans. Those things that fans saw as positives begin to fade away and what they saw as negatives when he came in begin to come to the fore. So, um, you know, there are a number of, of aspects that we considered when he came into the job and perhaps we should have considered that a little bit more, the effect that that Aston Villa um, departure will have had on him and it'll be interesting now to observe how long it takes him to find another job because for me he's he's still a person with a reasonably attractive EFL record and there's certainly another championship job there for him in my view when another one comes up it'll be interesting to see if the opportunity does come up in the next few weeks whether he takes that or whether he learns from the experience and says actually he needs to take that six months off that he referenced thinking about um thinking about taking when he was fired by Aston Villa uh, and perhaps the not so bright lights of the championship are less likely to lure him away from that possibility than than what that Norwich job was when he originally took it. So it'll be interesting to observe um, how things go from uh, from that point of view. I saw a comment a little bit earlier saying that um, coaches that come into Norwich on the way up tend to do a lot better and I think that's what we'll see in, in this next appointment or at least I'd like to think that because I think that comment was absolutely correct. And the sort of club Norwich is, I think those coaches thrive rather than clubs, rather than sort of big name um, managers and coaches who come in and perhaps don't have that drive to to make Norwich succeed and to bring fans along and to um, be proud of. I'm not saying Dean Smith wasn't proud, but I think once you've been the, the head coach of Aston Villa, the club you supported the whole of your life, to then come to Norwich and, you know, totally invest yourself in the history of that club and, be delighted to be there is actually a very difficult thing and I sympathise for him in, in that in that way but yeah there's no doubt in my mind that was a factor and that probably didn't help him or the club when he first arrived at Carrow Road. Yeah two more and then we will uh, we will look forward to so keep your comments coming through we're getting loads of, of them in uh, let us know who, who you'd like to see at this stage obviously very very prematurely uh, come in and, uh, and maybe what style of coach if you can't put it down to a specific name that would be interesting as well, and and maybe also what their intray is arriving. But Adam, um, we'll, we'll come to you just just finally on, on Dean Smith, and I, I agree with Sam. I I think Dean will get a, a decent championship job off the back of this. I think he, he still has some um, some credit, and and has clearly ha- had some achievements elsewhere, particularly in the FL, but also of Aston Villa in the Premier League. Um, you know, I think th- this idea maybe that he's not a very good coach is is not really true. I think I think there probably is a good coach in there. It's just not worked for, for either party. It, it, it hasn't it, it hasn't fit if, if we want to go back to that to that thing. But um how, how do you think he'll be remembered as a as a Norwich City head coach by Norwich City fans? It I mean Paddy Davitt's written a, a brilliant piece of analysis on on our website which I'd encourage you all to read on this very topic. But it doesn't feel like someone who's going to be remembered particularly fondly by by Norwich City fans. No, I imagine it'll be sort of a, a similar page on on the sort of Norwich City managerial list as the likes of a, a Chris Hewton, which was not a particularly great brand of football. Um, 
if you could really say there is a brand of football, I'm not really sure, even 13 months down the line now, what Dean Smith's uh, identity or, or style really is, um, despite the fact, you know, he sort of came out, didn't he, after the Blackburn game, saying there's a narrative, you know, sort of against his his style of play. Um, but I still can't really pinpoint what that is. Um, he obviously inherited a, a very, very poor Norwich City squad, in, or particularly in Premier League terms. So that made it very, very difficult for him to kick on instantly. As obviously also, as we've already spoken about, the the element of Daniel Farker being the manager before, as me and you spoke about on the way back last night, you almost want to be that manager after the after the manager that's had some really, you know, real success because it almost buys you a little bit more time. Dean Smith needed to come in and, and get an instant reaction. And to be fair to him, he did get that. He got Norwich out of the, the relegation zone after that win at Watford. And things at that moment looked like they were on the up. Um, obviously, Ida then got injured. That was a, a bit of a, a blow for him because that system seemed to be working. Um, obviously, took them down. Big bold claims at the start of the season that they were going to be up there, and you sort of looked at his managerial record. It obviously got Villa promoted through the playoffs when they sort of you know were struggling under the likes of Steve Bruce and, and various managers before. Done a very decent job at Brentford, kind of built the foundations that, that Thomas Frank has then gone on and taken them to the next level, and obviously done very well in the lower leagues at Walsall as well. But yeah, I think it, it boils back to the Norwich fans and what they want. You know, we want managers that are. You know, almost have personality, have a bit of character, you know, a bit of you know, a bit of sort of bit of something about them. You know, you want want them to look like a Norwich City manager. I'm not really sure Dean Smith ever really looked like a Norwich City manager in my eyes. Um, he's just sort of a very British coach, and I think the next manager needs to be someone probably from from overseas, almost in the the sort of mould of a Daniel Farker, where it will get fans on board early doors and sort of bring back some excitement and they probably need some form of an, uh, sort of an identity that the fans can connect with because that's probably for me been the biggest downfall for Dean Smith that even in those sort of runs of games in the you know this season where they won six on the bounce everyone felt that it was going to the wheels were going to come off and they were going to start losing games because it just felt like they were just doing enough and, and that little bit of quality that they had in the sort of the forward areas or in defence was was kind of just enough to grind out a few results here and there and you know they no disrespect to teams like Luton, but Norwich City should be putting in a much better performance and getting kind of results against those sort of teams, particularly in the championship. And, you know, when you fundamentally, when you break it down, Dean Smith's failed to do that. So, um, you know, it's cost him his job and, and good luck to him in the future, because as we've already said, you know, to deal with him as, as, a, as a person, he's, he's a lovely person to deal with. We've had no problems with him at all. So, you know, really do hope that he goes out there and gets another job. But yeah. Ultimately, it's just a, you know, a marriage that's had to break now and, and they were never really right fit for each other. Yeah, and Sam, this this comes at a really interesting point in Norwich City season halfway through, as as we know, but also the fact that they've got two home games coming up now, Reading and then and obviously Watford as well. Two teams who and and it feels like the majority of the championship is in and around them at the minute, but certainly in in the case of these two teams, Reading uh, were, uh, the reverse fixture earlier on were in the top six. They've fallen away slightly, um, and then obviously uh, Watford, who under Slavan Bilic have began to make real progress, feels like a, a really big two games obviously it feels like because of the time frame and, and the short turnaround that it, it is going to be Alan Russell and and Steve Weaver overseeing those two games unless we we maybe get a very 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 quick appointment um what sort of impact do you expect this news to have on not just the team and and the players but also the the club as a whole and I guess the fans because the prospect of Friday suddenly now feels completely different even with with temporary people in charge yeah I was saying to you yesterday actually when we were sort of discussing the possibility that, that Dean Smith did go, that whenever a, an interim boss or bosses come in, they tend to sort of go back to basics and trust in the abilities of the players. 
And I genuinely think that could benefit this Norwich City group quite a lot. Um, they've got real quality in that group. Um, and that's something that we've actually, you know, said is a main criticism of Dean Smith. Aside from that style of play, he's got an excellent championship squad. And every time you look at those team sheets, you're looking at it thinking, how much better can this Norwich team be than the opposition they faced? And yet most of the 90 minutes we've watched, they've been outplayed and uh, they've almost looked like the team that's trying to spring an upset. So I hope that Alan Russell and Steve Weaver, if they're not going to come in and um, sort of display any enormous tactical nous or, you know, try any styles of play, which I, I don't think would be the best um, option at this juncture. I hope they just come in and trust the abilities of the players and without sort of telling them to, you know, go and create your own plan for the game, which I think Dean Smith admitted he, he'd done once and, and got bashed quite significantly for, understandably. I hope they come in and just lay the foundations for a team that's free-flowing and available to go and play their best football because if they can do that, I think in the Championship, they certainly are in a good position to win any 90 minutes, um, to be honest. But I think the mood more generally will be a positive one. Um, it's quite sad to see somebody lose their job and everyone be delighted as a reaction, um, although that is football and you know, obviously this is an important thing to a lot of people, so you do understand it. But when fans are calling for something and it happens, generally that does boost the mood in the stadium. I think there'll be a little bit of confusion because there's certainly still characters at that football club that people aren't happy with behind the scenes, but um, they won't have, you know, even if they wanted to go and be angry, they won't have that focal point to to go and bash and to go and sing at like they have in the last few games. And hopefully that channels itself back into a sort of positive atmosphere. Now, I'm not I'm not criticising Norwich City fans at all. I think they've been through a really tough time as Norwich fans um, in the last couple of years. And it has been really, really difficult. But now hopefully presents a fresh start. There's enough time left in the season that they can actually have a really enjoyable few months if they get that appointment right. And hopefully there will be plenty of people inside Carrow Road looking forward to that future rather than worrying about the elements that have maybe held Norwich back or the people still at the club that maybe are due some criticism. And hopefully there's that optimism about what can be achieved. Um, knowing this fan base, we know it can be a very positive fan base. And actually for the majority of the time I've been watching Norwich, it has been. So I would fully back them to get right behind the team on Friday and to create a, a really good atmosphere at Carrow Road and not just at Norwich, but at other clubs we see that um, even in interim teams, when there's that feeling of a fresh start, um, especially in the middle of a season when other clubs aren't benefiting from that, you know, it's easy at the start of the season when any any team feels like they might win the league. But in the middle of the season, when Reading are sort of sliding down the table, it's probably a bit of a negative feeling around them. For Norwich to have that element of fresh start and, and excitement, hopefully will really help um, not only get the fans in a good mood, but as a result, help propel the team to a good result and help create a positive atmosphere at Carrow Road because that's what we all want and that's certainly what they've been missing um, for the last few weeks. Absolutely. There you go. Then that's uh, that's some analysis on, on Dean Smith. Obviously, uh, uh, anyone losing their job at any point is is a very difficult 
thing to happen to any individual, irrespective of payouts or, or any money that you want to um, prescribe to the debate, doesn't really become irrelevant or relevant. Sorry, it's um, it's a human being losing a, a job at the end of the day. It's not a very, particularly a nice thing to discuss. It obviously happens more frequently in football than perhaps other sectors, and there's a brutality to it as well. So, um, on a very human level, I, I hope that Dean Smith does take some time uh, now before he maybe gets back in to to reflect and to to get over what's been quite a bruising period for him particularly the last uh, the last few weeks and uh, months or so of his Norwich City reign but football does move quickly Adam uh, I mean I've got a list of of names in front of me with numbers beside them which can only mean that uh, Norwich City are on the hunt for a new manager I'm going to read some of those names obviously we're engaging in speculation here so if you don't like that sort of thing then um, then this segment of the the show is is maybe not going to be best for you and of course uh, we you know we're not um, suggesting that any of these people are going to become Norwich City head coach Dean Smith has, uh, has officially been gone about an hour or so so <laughs> be extremely premature to jump to those conclusions so take this in the spirit that that it is but I've got a, a list of uh, a very very early bookmakers odds ahead of me from from one particular company that, that I won't reference um I, I'll read down to so I'll read the first six because they're the ones with the shortest odds and then they they sort of widen out a bit Scott Parker currently leading the way uh, as as favorite as things stands with this particular bookmaker it's, it's obviously different for for different ones uh, Russell Martin then at four to one Sean Deitch four to four to one Mark Robbins six to one Chris Wilder seven to one Ralph Hassenhutel seven to one uh, and then you go down to Ketel Knudsen at 12 to one and, and the list grows a bit from there um any of those Adam that, that particularly take your your fancy I mean Scott Parker's a really interesting one he's someone who has got promoted twice from this division before but has never really done it with a, a particularly consistent style of play and or masses and masses of fan support at either Bournemouth or Fulham obviously left Bournemouth for mid frustrations over perhaps a lack of spending and uh, and their transfer activity. Again, that doesn't necessarily feel like it translates to where Norwich City are at this moment in time. Um, but any any names on those lists? Russell Martin, obviously, there's a, there's a real narrative around. Any of those particularly take your fancy? Yeah, a few there were Norwich connections, Parker, Russell Martin and Mark Robbins. Um, so three of them there were connections. But for me, out of that list, it would probably be a Hassan Hootel kind of figure, someone that has done it in the Premier League, sustained Southampton, very good in terms of the youth development as well. Obviously, that's what Southampton are very well renowned for. And, and that's what Norwich City were before kind of Dean Smith and, and Farker, maybe sort of the latter stages of his spell. You know, they were renowned for bringing through young talent, developing them, particularly in the championship. And then a lot of those players are then kicked on in the Premier League, uh, whether that be at Norwich or, or other clubs. So I think that could be a quite an exciting one. But but to me, I don't really think any of those six particularly stand out as um, managers that I'd want. I think Norwich probably need to go out um, to somewhere overseas and, and pluck kind of a, a manager, almost like what Watford done with Hisco Munez. Um, there's other probably, you know, managers out there that you could, or clubs you can you can go back to where it's someone's unknown, almost Alex Neal-esque. You know, you don't really have a pedigree come in. The fans and, and the players maybe don't even know who they are. And it's just kind of that that emotional connection just builds straight away because it's almost like they have that hunger and desire because they've come to Norwich City Football Club, which in their terms would be a big club, a big step where, I don't know, Mark Robbins is, is someone I have a lot of respect for. I think he's done a really, really good job in the championship at, at Coventry and obviously brought them up from League Two as well. Got a lot of time for him and I'd like to see him as, as someone in the dugout. really like hearing him in post-match interviews as well. I think that could be a potential one, but no, Scott Parker's a no for me. I think the Premier League element with, with Bournemouth and Fulham both, you know, their fans have spoken about him sort of maybe going from what he was in the championship at those clubs to trying to sort of, I suppose, maintain them in the Premier League. But it's never really worked at either of those teams. So not a massive Scott Parker fan. And for me, Russell Martin, it's too early. I think if it was another 
year or two down the line where maybe he'd built something at Swansea and he kind of built on that sort of well, almost progressive football that he was trying to play when we went down there the other week and he maybe had a little bit more credit in the bank for what he'd done, then I think that could work quite well. But for me, at this early stage in his, relatively early stage in his managerial career, coming back to Norwich where there's going to be a little bit of expectation and pressure on him, I think is probably probably not the best time to be to be thrown into this job. So, yeah, for me personally, Hasenhut will out of that list, but I'd probably like to see them go overseas and almost a Daniel Farker kind of manager where you don't really know who they are and maybe that will be enough to, to kick them on and spur them on in the, in the second half of the season. Yeah, one, one caveat I would attach to that is just, uh, of course, that there have been changes in in regulation since Norwich City appointed Daniel Farker as as their head coach. If they were, if they wished, for example, to to appoint Daniel Farker uh, or someone who's at Borussia Dortmund too, now that wouldn't be possible under the current regulations. Uh, obviously, after after Brexit, so that becomes very difficult. Uh, also, their financial situation in terms of paying compensation for someone feels a little bit difficult at this moment in time doesn't necessarily mean it's impossible sometimes clubs find a way of doing things um if they really really want to sam uh, what what do, you, what do you think norris City will be looking for this time because we've obviously had that line in the club statement that speaks about a consistent style of play and it speaks about an improvement of performances it kind of it kind of feels like a really interesting profile of coach that that is being looked for here because as we spoke about earlier on it was kind of this dismissal of daniel farker's ideologies would work for Norwich City and the type of club they were in the Premier League. That's obviously the aspirations, but equally the more kind of pragmatic and, and more perhaps sensible coaching methods and, and, and free-form coaching methods where players have a, a lot of autonomy. That hasn't really worked either under Dean Smith. So just because there's a consistent style of play in there, it doesn't necessarily mean that Norwich City are about to appoint a coach who wants to have 70% of the ball and and dominate dominate possession and dominate games necessarily in that sense it it just means someone who has a, a clear and consistent identity it doesn't it's not specific on what that is so what kind of profile and what kind of person not I'm not asking you to name names here obviously but in terms of purely of profile do you think Norwich City are going to be looking for in, in their search for a new head coach I think it will definitely be somebody who brings a level of momentum and feel good factor to the club I think if I were to put the last three um, Norwich head coaches in boxes. I'd say Dean Smith was a more proven one. Daniel Farker was a bit more of a project manager and Alex Neal was that sort of momentum, feel-good type manager. Um, and the fact is, as much as I think Norwich probably needed a little bit of a, a rebuild, you see the amount of players out of contract in the summer and the ageing profile of that squad. They probably actually, in the long term, need a project manager, but the financial imperatives of this season are such that they're in real trouble if they don't manage to get promoted. So I think that necessitates somebody who they believe will get Norwich promoted um, next or this season. Sorry, they certainly can't afford to do a sort of 2017 and write off the rest of the season and say, let's plan for the future. I think they need somebody who can come in and certainly give them a good chance of, of being in the Premier League next season. Um, I'm not quite sure who that is, but I think it was a very interesting line in that uh, in that statement that they're looking for somebody who brings an identifiable style of play and a clear style of play because you almost feel that's quite at odds, having a requirement to bring in somebody who can earn results and quickly and somebody who establishes a style of play because generally that that style of play takes a little bit of time to work on. And unless you've got the players who have, you know, 
been using that system or something very similar for a long time, it's usually quite difficult to make that transition. Um, of the names you listed, I think Ralph Hasenhutl maybe fits the profile of a, a, a style manager more than the rest. Um, but Scott Parker, if you were picking out somebody to maybe take a club and, and ride the waves of momentum, especially as a, you know, more of a minor ex-Norwich player, but certainly an, an ex-Norwich player, and a, a big name that probably fans can get behind maybe would give that um, that impression of somebody who who can can come in and do that. But you know, as as we've already discussed, he's got a history of being at odds with the people above him, and this would be coming into a club where the sporting director is very high profile and very central and and very. I suppose there's a lot of focus on him compared to the sporting director and, and boardroom types at other football clubs. So you wonder whether that would be a, a conflict. Um, and look, just looking at that list, Sean Dyche doesn't really come in with much momentum and his style of play, as much as it's very defined, to be fair, that they would certainly be ticking that box. To be, I mean, to be fair to him, he has in recent weeks perhaps tried to distance himself from the style of play that he played at yeah. Burnley, hasn't he? Whether or not you necessarily subscribe to that, he, he kind of said that he he would be open to trying a different style if he had a group of players that allowed him to do that. So maybe maybe people would... I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, it's yeah. not my opinion. But there might be some some people who, who take him at, at his value of that and, and say, well, actually, potentially with a different group of players, you might see a different coach there. It is a fair point, but I think um, the the evidence I would throw back at you is Dean Smith, Norwich City's most recent head coach and somebody who told us quite regularly that he was a possession-based head coach and he liked to play a, a positive style of football. And yet that was something we very, very rarely, if ever, saw. So, yeah, you're right to, to highlight that. And um, that's good journalism from you, Connor, to, uh, to look at both sides of things. It's a change. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think Sean Dyche would maybe pacify a, a very small proportion of fans quite a lot. I think it would be a very divisive thing. I think a lot of fans or the fans that were behind him would be really, really significantly behind him. But the fans that didn't enjoy Dean Smith and his style of play, I'm not sure they'd be particularly delighted with that appointment. So, you know, for that reason, I maybe don't see him in the mix. I see them going for somebody who is guaranteed to just bring positivity and and not somebody who's going to burden them with, uh, uh, you know, telling Stuart Webber I need two years or three years to work on this because they simply don't have that. And that's, I think, another thing where they were really, really hoping it would work out with Dean Smith is that the financial imperatives of this season put so much pressure on this appointment now and this appointment to be successful in the short term, where it's a club that's probably built on long-term values and long-term desires, that that's going to be something... That's really difficult. But yeah, I, I see them trying to find a blend of that, trying to find a blend of somebody who brings in style of play, although I don't think they can achieve that to a, a particularly fantastic um, degree, but somebody who can probably get them up this season and certainly not Neil Warnock, as I've just seen that comment come up. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of people reference Katil Knudsen, who was obviously heavily linked with the Norwich City vacancy last time around manager of, of Norwegian side Bodo Glimt. I've actually got a quote in front of me here that was from him from last month uh, when he was getting linked with the vacant Rangers post that QPR boss Michael Beale uh, took up. He said uh, this. Uh, I've been clear that I... Uh, th sorry, I'll start again because I can't read. Uh, 
I have been clear that now I stand with my head in a pressure cooker and things and and things that are outside Bodo Glimt I'm completely uninterested in. I do not want any inquiries and I do not answer any telephone calls. I only have 100% focus on Bodo Glimt. So that to me is not a man who's going to be coming to Norwich City and of course is fighting for a Norwegian title. So uh, I don't really see the championship proving uh, that much of a lure for him if I'm completely honest at this moment in time. So uh, I could be proven wildly wrong, but purely off that quote, it doesn't feel like he's going to be the next Norwich City manager. I mean, Adam, you, you kind of touched upon Russell Martin. That feels like probably where the, where the narrative is going to go, certainly in terms of the bookmakers' odds and maybe natural links are going to be made there because of his connections with the place nine years as a player. He does have a very defined, very consistent style of play. If we want, if we go in purely off what what Norwich City um, referred to in their statement, it's interesting what what you said uh, in terms of maybe not feeling that he's quite ready yet. But I guess to counter that and to reiterate, I'm purely playing devil's advocate. I'm I'm not expressing an opinion here at all. But there could be a view that he could be someone that could create that connection both with with players and with fans. Some of the players he had or spent time with as a player at Norwich City Football Club, the fans who he obviously has a, a pre-existing relationship with, you could see why, again, in theory, that could be quite an attractive appointment to some people. Not everybody, because it's worth adding that he wasn't universally perhaps popular. Yeah, I think he'd probably jump at the opportunity as well. You know, this is a, a club that he's all well, he's gone on record in, in previous years to talk about his love for the area, the love for the club. You know, he's still obviously got a sort of connection to the area as well, which is that's probably quite important. And that's something that the fans can get on board with straight away. And I've got a fairly good friend of mine that supports Swansea, and he's spoken about the, the length of kind of that connection where maybe previous Swansea managers that didn't really have that, you know, sort of after the years of the like the Martinez and that. He kind of spoke about Cooper not really having that connection with fans and that was a little bit of a struggle. And and Martin's gone in there, breath of fresh air. So you see it after games, he kind of punches the air, you know, and that's probably almost what built Farker's relationship with the fans. So I could see that element of it working quite well. And I was quite impressed with him actually in terms of the post-match reaction the the other week as well. I thought he spoke really, really well after the game and and I was very impressed with Swansea and what he was building there. And I think it wasn't maybe for the lack of funds that Swansea have. He actually could potentially, well, if they had sort of air, well, forward or forwards in areas that could score goals, they would have beaten Norwich that day. So there's definitely um, someone there, I think, that, you know, with a little bit of money and a little bit of time, probably could get the club moving forwards. Like my concern would be if he did come in, breath of fresh air, gets them promoted, what would that look like? Because obviously he's never managed in the Premier League and he's only really had, what, one full season in the Championship with Swansea and, and well, and part of this season, obviously. So, yeah, I just think my concern would be what would it look like longer term if Norwich were to get promoted? I think if the fans were willing to give him time and, and maybe next season or, or maybe a couple of years, almost like the project element of it, I think that could be a, a really good fit and, and actually the feel-good factor would come back straight away, which that's, you know, something that... It's probably been missing since uh, since Dean Smith's arrived. So, yeah, there, there's definitely pluses to it. My concern would just be if this if it didn't go well, what would that then look like? Because we saw kind of the Russell Martin period of time when he was a player where it wasn't going well, and he got a lot of stick from fans. and And I'd hate to see that kind of connection almost sort of uh, disperse again, and, and there kind of be a, a negative feeling around him if it didn't work out. So. I just think he's maybe the next manager. So I think the next appointment needs to be someone who can come in and, and maybe that sort of level of criticism will kind of be a little bit 
quieter um, initially. So yeah, definitely, definitely one for the future. And I, I love Russell Martin as a as a character. I think he speaks really, really well, and he's obviously got a love for the club, which is always a, a big plus. But for me, a little bit more experience or, or someone from abroad might be the the slightly better pick at this current moment in time. I agree. He's he's a really interesting one in that I, I see a lot of pros to him actually, and and he's he, he is regarded inside the game as one of the best young English coaches um, coming up. So that's uh, that's that's interesting. But but also I, I do see a little bit of Farker in there in terms of someone who would go up to the Premier League and maybe wouldn't be open to to particularly changing their style of play. Obviously Norwich aren't in the Premier League, so it's not a debate for the moment. But whether that would come into consideration would would be interesting. And also this fact that in spite of him maybe doing quite well at, um, at, at, at MK Dons and also at Swansea, hasn't been that kind of real season where he's managed to get a team in, in, in promotion contention um, or uh, has really been able to... He's kind of built clubs up, hasn't he? And then and then uh, certainly in the case of MK Dons, he moved on before he maybe felt the fruits of that. It was Len Liam Manning in, in his first year in charge who got the benefits of that. Obviously, he struggled a bit more this season. So, so that's all very interesting. And of course, we will... Over the uh, or well, however long it takes, days, hour, it won't be hours, days or weeks ahead, uh, bring you all of the updates and all of the analysis and all of the reaction to uh, all of the speculation, all of the reports to whoever Norwich City's new head coach will be. Obviously, the focus in the short term will now be building up to a football match on Friday against Reading. We'll all be at Carrow Road for that game. Steve Weaver and Alan Russell will be in temporary charge of Norwich City. It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how this all unfolds from here. Um, I hope you've had a very, very Merry Christmas and I hope you've uh, been able to spend some time with your families. Sam is, uh, is still feeling very festive with his Christmas tree behind him, which is lovely to see. Thank you all very much for watching. Plenty more stuff on uh, on our channels for you to consume in reaction to this news that Dean Smith has been sacked as Norwich City's head coach. Enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll see you again very, very soon.